Receiving transmission. Decrypting. Decryption successful. Transmission begins. Year 264, month 12, winter. Exile's end. It is liberating to be able to use the wave so freely. I do not have to mark a transmission priority or emergency to know it shall reach its mark. I only wish this had happened sooner, sooner by days or even hours. There was a window, but it closed before I could launch my missive through it, and I fear that it shall not open again. My heart hurts. It has hurt for twelve years, of course, but that dull ache has once again become acute. Until recently, I at least had the comfort to see her as I worked, to watch her bloom and grow, marked by the scars of our parting, but tended by able gardeners in my stead. To become the woman I always dreamed she could be, and so much more. Once she left my sight, left the realm where the wave held sway, bile rushed to supplant the blood in my veins. A sour unease grew within me. She would not be safe, this much I knew, but would she even have a chance? I knew that if she did, she would succeed, but so many things rested in so many unfamiliar hands. When she emerged from the sun, cloaked in power and fury, the relief was a balm for my soul, purging the bile and making my veins new. When she passed out of sight again, what felt like mere moments later, those fresh passages filled with a liquid dread. The enemies she goes to face, I know them not, none of us do. For ages we have watched and recorded all that passes within our realm, but there are endless worlds beyond that are as unknowable to us as the void. It is there that she passes now to do battle with who knows what for us. She and her friends, should they return? No, they shall, they shall. When they return, they will have learned something new even to the record. Will you release me then at last to speak to her again? I have paid a long debt to the record. You saved me, it is true. But debts wear on even the most patient among us, and patience was never a virtue of my blood. To trade an endless debt to Gov for a seemingly endless debt to the record chafes. And being kept from my child rubs my soul raw. Soon my patience will end. If she returns when she returns, triumphant and terrible and glorious, I shall go to her though all the forces of the universe may stand in my way. All that to say, consider this my final notice. I will not ask again. Stand in my way at your own peril. Agent Lucentis, Record Archivist, Exile's End. Welcome back, everyone. This is the finale of Spectres of a Broken Sun.
I want to acknowledge that this podcast is produced on the unceded territory of the Katsi, Coquitlam, Stalo, Kwantlen, Staminas, and Musqueam people in the treaty land of the Tawasan First Nation. Please support Indigenous land protectors as well as Indigenous people of all stripes. You can visit the hashtag Settler Saturday on Twitter to find people to directly support. And that is the uh, cause that I will continue to boost in this season and moving into the future. This is the final session we are going to record. For Spectres of a Broken Sun, it's the final session we're going to record using Scum and Villainy, a game by Strasizomovic and John LaBeouf Little, based on the Forge in the Dark framework. And hopefully it's not the last time we see these characters, but I suppose only time will tell. I'm Matt, your friendly guide. My pronouns are here, they. You can find me on Twitter at Ycaliber or follow the show at Broken Sun RPG. You can also visit our comprehensive website at BrokenSunRPG.com. Today, I am joined by four wonderful individuals who are going to help us bring this story home. I'm just going to go by the order in the chat over here. So first up, we have Keekers. Hello, everyone. This is me, Keekers, also known as Be a Space Cat, on various places on the interwebs. Today, I'm playing Keva Jarma. Her pronouns are she slash her, and my pronouns are she slash her. And thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. We are also joined by Michael Blood. Hi, everybody. It's me, Mike Bloodstill. Um, my pronouns are they, them. I'm going to be reprising my role as Emran Pak, he, him. And you can find me on Twitter at GoodSirBlood if you're so interested. Thanks for listening. We're also joined by Trudy. Hi, I'm Trudy. Uh, my pronouns are they, them. Uh, I play Zora. Her pronouns are she, her. Looking forward to the finale. And finally, we're joined by Velvet. Dark greetings, more souls. Uh, I am Velvet Divine, Fay Fair reprising uh, my role as Maeve, the mother of monsters, who goes by she, her. Super stoked for the finale, hoping a certain someone doesn't kill me this time. <laughs> I ain't sorry. <laughs> Good, you shouldn't be. When last we left off, our Sunbreaker friends were aboard the Jellyfish Junction, a powerful Centauran warship that was part of the Splinter Fleet that had broken off from the main Hygean Fleet. The Hygean Fleet had been summoned and bribed in a way, paid perhaps, by the Solar Free State to come and help put down the quote-unquote rebellion on Havlon, the habitat of the League of Orbital Nations, uh, with the promise that they would be given territory on the habitat where they could live instead of eking out a rough existence across asteroids and stations in their section of the belt in the Hygean Cluster. But not everyone in that fleet is willing to engage in this type of extremely bad behavior, and so thus we have the Splinter Fleet. Most recently, you were involved in a bit of a pickle, I would say, when Weapon Table, a super soldier clone of Whiskey Tango, who you had on your ship, disappeared from the ship aboard the Jellyfish Junction. This led to an investigation and took you out into the fleet and then back to the Jellyfish Junction. And you found that a sun minister named Emerson K. Vaughn, who goes by MKV, had seized control of a Centauran cyborg's body and was using it to plant bombs throughout the Splinter Fleet. The bombs they were using were of the same construction and chemical composition as the ones that the Sunbreakers used on the Sun in a clear attempt to implicate you in the destruction of these fleets and turn everyone against you. It's not just one pickle. It was a whole jar of pickles. Perhaps even a barrel. Ooh. All right. So, yeah, you had a big showdown with Emerson K. Vaughn. You were eventually able to defeat him, though Keva took some some heavy damage from that. And uh, Emerson, your face visor ended up getting cracked and you had to sacrifice your shield 
in order to defuse the bomb aboard Jellyfish Junction just in time. So before we get into checking in with your characters and seeing what's been going on since then, it's been a couple of days. During that time, the news of your deeds has spread throughout the Splinter Fleet and bolstered the support that you enjoyed before. And in fact, has spread beyond the Splinter Fleet into the main Hygiene Fleet itself. And the Splinter Fleet is growing. More and more ships are defecting from the main body as they learn more about what their job that they've been contracted for here actually involves. And they have been hearing about the agreements that you have been negotiating with the people of the Splinter Fleet. As we may recall, the broad strokes is that the Centaurans were hoping to have some underwater territory in sectors two and seven on Hablon. There are uh, inland salt seas, so um, they were hoping to have some territory there, and you all seemed like you were okay with that. Uh, the Andromedans didn't seem to want much beyond company and somewhere to stay where there were other sapient species to interact with. Uh, and they have a beef with the sun anyway, seeing as the sun had been using several of their number for a couple centuries as a power source. The Hedonarchy just wants to have a fight, and they have said that afterwards, if you get rich, they will definitely steal from you. But if you don't, whatever. So that's uh, what's up with them. And you seem to have made friends with the members of the Hedonarchy there. The Shroud was another faction here. They have technology that they say will prevent the emergency from noticing Ablon or you, and we will see what goes on with that. They want to have a separate settlement on Hablon, and that is still under negotiation. You were hoping to set up some type of uh, neutral territory where you could have a summit of leadership of different people so that people could stay in touch with each other and deliberate and so on. Um, so... Let's see how things have been going for all of you since that fateful moment at the end of the last session when you defused the bomb and saved the fleet. There are a couple things that I have made notes of that I want to check in on specifically. Um, Keva. Yes. Took a trauma. Yes. And you and I talked a little bit about that. Uh, but for our listeners' benefit, we have not. Um, in the scum and villainy, in the scum and villainy system, when you fill your stress track, you have to take a trauma, and there are about eight of them to describe a slight change in behavior: uh, cold, haunted, obsessed, paranoid, reckless, soft, unstable, vicious. I would say Keva was already pretty soft, <laughs> and those other ones are a little hard to. Uh, talk about uh, i mean some of them are a little bit really not fitting with keva's character mm -hmm. you and you you and i talked about how in this case we would say that keva became obsessed and that doesn't really change a lot of keva's outward behavior or inward behavior i guess um but basically what that tracks up to is that keva uh, if anyone has talked to Keva within the last couple of days about what happened, Keva's basically just said, well, I mean, I'm not normally all for killing everyone unless like it's a surviving situation or like, you know, us versus them or, you know, I'm not really into death penalty sort of stuff or any of that. But I find I really, really think we need to kill that Emerson dude. <laughs> 
And that's basically what it chalks up to is that Keva uh, is really gung-ho about the fact that uh, Emerson KV bites to dust. Understandable. I mean, he, he murdered a whole lot of people and just left their corpses strewn about and was just not fun to fight with. He was planning on killing a whole lot more people. Yeah, yeah, so... And pinning it on you. Yeah, that that's basically what it boils down to. Keva is a-okay with uh, murdering one person right now. <laughs> I don't know if it's murder, though. Well, that, that's up for ethics that's debate. A, that's a moral discussion that we can get into later if it comes yeah. up. Okay, so downtime. We can start with free play. We can, you know, come in at any point that you want. I would say probably we can come in the next day or a couple of days after the end of that and see where each of our characters are. If you want to launch right into downtime, we can do that as well and use that to inform any free play that we want to do before we get into the actual mission here. So what are you feeling like? Do you want to do some free play first or do you want to use downtime to schedule or to uh, to structure that or what do you want to do? I don't want to monopolize time, but I want to do one of my downtime action rolls now. Okay. But I don't right. remember. Yeah, I don't remember which one it was. How do you, what do you roll for the craft, for crafting? It's just fortune or? So, um, all right, we may as well just start with downtime and anything that we want to do in between actions or around those actions we'll, we'll get into. Does anyone object? Does anyone else want to go first? Nope, go for it. No, go for it. No trouble. Okay. okay. All right, so craft. If you have a schematic, craft a device. Roll rig or hack. The result indicates the quality of the asset using the cruise quality as the base. Add plus one quality if you have a workshop on your ship or for each cred spent. Okay, so I know that we have a workshop, right? I think so. Let me double check. I always forget the express character sheet. Workshop. Yes, you have a workshop. Okay. I guess this is a rig uh, for what I'm thinking of making. Uh, do I... So I is anybody helping you while you do this? Does the express count? <laughs> the express does not count in this case because the express doesn't actually have a way to help you uh, build anything. I mean, I know that Emran can help me make things, but I think Keva wants... Does Mandukai know how to make things? Um, not really, but she's always willing to try. Uh... <laughs> What about one of the Centaurans? Uh, like, if you want to just talk to one of the Centaurans and see if they if they can help. I mean, there's probably... Let's see, I've got some notes on each of them here. Um, Bet you Bitter Wakening is really good at making dresses. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Keva's making a dress. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think Bitter Wakening knows how to make anything other than ruckus. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Dangerous Dangerous Midnight is an engineer. Oh, perfect. Uh, okay. So since I have zero dice and rig, um getting the bonus die, it's a is it two bonus die? Uh so for the workshop you add plus one quality, and for having assistance you get plus one die, so it'd be one die that you're rolling for rig. Okay. And I think we talked about something ages back in the chat yeah, that we yeah. have. Uh, yeah, extra special material. Right. So yeah, you could use yeah, I think you have an extra bonus die for that. So that gives you two dice to roll. And of course you can oh, yeah. push yourself if you wish. Or I'm not sure what a 
what a devil's bargain would look like yeah, in this case. What's the devil's bargain in this place? You make it, but you... You permanently lose a, a single fingernail. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, no. do you Do you want to push yourself, then? Yeah, I'm going to push it. Okay. So I'll give you an extra die. Three die. I should have... I should Actually, I, I should have... Um, oh, okay, five. Okay, so on a five with uh, rig on craft... Four to five is equal to your cruise tier, and you have a workshop, so that improves the quality by one. So that is a tier two object that you have crafted. I think while you're there working on it, um, you know, Dangerous Midnight is mostly hanging out, but like Z will occasionally fetch you something or use your fine manipulators, which have more dexterity than your meaty human fingers to uh, help get into a smaller area. And And, yeah, start using a bellows or something he's just having a good time hanging out with you uh doing something that doesn't have the fate of the universe on it yeah so i think dangerous midnight is quite enjoying this process like yeah it's nice to just like every once in a while get back to my roots you know yes making things is very very relaxing unfortunately i don't have access to making the things that sort of things that i learned my trade for yeah well you know sometimes you got to get through the rough times to get back home you know what i mean yeah i mean i don't tell anyone but i do have some cheese aging in on the ship but but that's a secret don't tell anyone that's that's cel- that's celebration cheese my lips are sealed as you humans say dangerous midnight one of their little manipulators does like a zip motion across their very wide mouth do Z smile like twinkle and gleam like uh, Sidon's? I think um, because he looks like basically a uh, a really chill anglerfish, it's probably the lamp thing glows a little bit and does a wink that way. Ooh, cool. Bing. <laughs> so you have successfully crafted the object that we discussed. Yes. Uh, and then Keva, because it's in the canon that Keva's really good at wrapping presents, wrap, wraps up a present in very very sparkly paper nice do you want to save that part for later yeah yeah i don't i I want i don't want to monopolize time here okay so keva is off crafting something with dangerous midnight where do we find anyone else who'd like to talk about your downtime actions or how your characters are responding to or recovering from the event um we have two downtown downtown Yes, two downtown actions. <laughs> two two downtime actions. Well, all right okay. then. <laughs> Do we um so the only way to reduce stress is by indulging your vice, right? Yeah. All right. Well, we all know what Zora's vice is. So Zora's just going to pray and meditate <laughs> and hopefully bring her stress down because she was not doing so well. Uh, with her stress less last session. Now that uh, brings up an interesting point. Is Zora actually praying again? She is. Is she praying to anyone in particular? Just praying in general. She hasn't quite yet figured everything out. She's kind of in this very stuck place where <sighs> she's not really sure how to proceed forward, but she finds comfort in doing the things that are ritual to her because everything right. is so different for her now than it was what a a year ago a few months ago Mm -hmm. so uh the ritual is keeping her more sane than the actual than than anything else 
Right. Okay. Well, let's roll to indulge your vice. Okay. If you go onto your character sheet, you can see it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was not super effective. <laughs> mm-hmm. For you, was anyone with you while you were doing this? Um, I mean, I don't think so. Would anyone okay. have wanted to join Zora? I'm assuming not. I think um, Mandukai is the person who is currently most interested in Zora's spiritual well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if Zora would have accepted an invitation from Mandukai to pray together. She wouldn't have objected, no. Okay. Uh, in that case, you can roll an additional die. Okay. Slash R1D6, and we'll take the better of those two. Okay. <laughs> Still the two. Um, I, <laughs> We're having a hard time. We're on the struggle bus. We're on the struggle bus. Yeah. So I, I guess while you are praying, it's still like the ritual is comforting, but there's still that feeling of uncertainty, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I had one other question for my other um my other action. Um, I see that I've I have a sp- sprayed underneath my harm. Yeah. Um, is there any way that I can clear that up? Yes, that's the recover downtime action. Wow. Recover. Use recover to recover. Can I go ahead and use recover? Yeah, if you want to do your, your second action, you can go for it. Awesome. Oh. So when you do recover, it automatically clears level one harm. So you don't even have to roll anything for that. Okay. Well, that's good because I'm not sure what to press on the sheet. <laughs> and just delete. You can just delete it. Got it. Yeah. Right. And those are Zora's actions. Okay. As a reminder, you can spend cred to purchase additional downtime actions during downtime. So I think you all have a couple of cred each. So if you want to, when we come back around, you can do additional actions. I may do that. Okay. How about Maeve or um, Emran? Uh, real quick, I would also like to remove my sprayed condition. Okay. Everybody's having a party in the med bay. The med bay party. <laughs> uh, med bay party. And Mike, if you don't mind, I think I'm just going to go ahead and use my second one to try and clear some stress. No problem. So what's Maeve doing to clear her stress here? I, I assume since these interns are water folk, they would have, you know, I guess kind of big water tanks just to chill in, almost like sensory deprivation tanks. Definitely. I'll try one of those. Okay. And just vibe. And do you think this is like a full immersion one or is this like Luke in the back of the tank or are you floating atop of it like the Dead no, Sea? No, yeah, it, it's full like in the back of the tank. Okay. Maeve is floating in the uh, in the ocean water. And I think what's unique about this water is that it is water originally from the Andromedan homeworld that they have brought with them across the stars that they keep as a sort of almost a sacred thing for them. And they offer you its use. So if you were going to say like what earth on what what earth on <laughs> what water on earth this is most like. Um, is it that different or it would be it would be a little bit different but it's still water basically it's still salt water so it's okay yeah it all the you salt know, water and i'm still the saltiest thing in this tank it's more of a, a spiritual component to it than any physical chemical difference i was just wondering like does it have more salt or less salt is it more like pacific water than Atlantic water, which I pro- there's probably no difference besides temperature. Yeah. I mean, it's not dead sea water. I can say that much. You can submerge <laughs> in it. Okay. Oh, man, that would be so hard. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, yeah. Indulge your vice. Oh, is anyone with you while you're doing this? I guess not. You did five there. 
good. This is a very relaxing experience. Nice. Yeah, I would say I, I'm envisioning this almost like like Maris's uh, sensory deprivation tank from Fraser. Like it's entirely opaque. Like <laughs> I'm in my egg. Don't talk to me. Yeah, that sounds good. I think while you are doing this, you can hear through your powers the murmuring voices of the ship and the smaller ships connected to it because they're all like networked. You can't really understand what they're saying, but you can. It's a, it's a comforting murmur, like there's a stability there. And I think, Maeve, at the edge of your awareness, as you are listening to this comforting murmuring in your sensory deprivation tank, you feel a familiar spot of light, almost something that feels like it's approaching on the very edge of your awareness. Emran. Yes, hello. Hey, what are you doing during your downtime here? How are you recovering from what's happened? I think Emron was present for the party in the med bay. Sure. So you can clear that off or spray it as well. What else is Emron up to? Emron's going to just train to decompress. Okay. Uh, all right. So, so you're going to indulge vice. your vice. Good. Is anyone coming with you to train? Uh... Hey, Zora, you want to hang out? <laughs> yeah, I'll hang out. Or no, wait, this is much better. No, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I, I was, I was over eager. I think the key, I, I think that uh, Keva should come. Okay. So I imagine that randomly at this point, oh, I'm trying, trying to think of what Keva is doing here. I, I have to say, just to get a little ahead of this, that Keva was also in the Med Bay party because she's going to have to heal a little. Sure. So chronologically, we'll say that Keva healed before this, but I... I I'll just say that that's my other because that's you not. Can just, a, you can yeah. just do that. It's fine. Yeah, it's, because I don't have to roll. That's a that's a level one sprained yeah. ankle as well. So, so basically, Keva was at the med bay getting it checked out and is, is like, "Oh yeah, it's all better." And then she kind of like ran into you, and was like, "Hey, uh, yeah." So I was, uh, I need to grab something for you. Um, and, and we should really talk about something you told me to think about later when the bomb was exploding. Um, mm -hmm. mm, yeah, that was, um, hold on a second. And Keva, like, I'm like, wait, can she run? <laughs> Keva, like, walks quickly back to go, like, grab something and it's a shiny thing. And she's like, where, where, do, where do you want to, like, uh talk um so some somewhere private probably uh probably the express yeah 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 okay let's let's let, let's go and then she like starts that fast walking again which is weird because like keva's really short but somehow she's like really quick when he's doing <laughs> and like keeps on like looking back at emran like kind of like really quick and Emmett's just staring straight ahead over over Kevin's shoulders. <laughs> Sorry, is Emron wearing anything over his over his face or his eyes or anything going on like that right now? Because the visors, or have you are you fixing the vi? We'll we'll get to that later. Don't worry about it. Never mind. Yeah, we'll get to it. Yeah, Emron's not wearing anything on his head right now, though. Okay. Yeah, I mean, obviously. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about how awkward Keva is right now. <laughs> So uh, Keva gets back to the ship and it's like, okay, so, <sighs> okay, so before I talk about emotions, which is really hard because emotions are hard, 
um, I wanted to give you this because, and and then Keva stops. So she's like, I don't, I don't know how like to talk about this because I've, I've never really had to talk about this out loud. Um, and then she just kind of like shoves this present into your hands. And then she's like, and um, I kind of wasn't thinking when I wrapped it, just so you know, the paper is really sparkly. And unless you want to see and use your sword to look at it, it's fine. You don't have to. It's definitely bright. But that's all I know. Okay. So, uh, I don't know. Part of me is like, what do you think? And then I'm like, this isn't a real thing. Mike doesn't know what the heck is wrapped. Um, Emran, in one fluid motion, tears the wrapping off without ripping it so he can save it. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Part of me wants to be like, can you guess what it is? I know Kung Fu. (laughs) (laughs) Can I guess what it is? Um, One one guess, and then I'll tell you. I think Emran, like, turns off his vision for a second. All right, Emran tears off the wrapping paper, folds it away. uh, Kevin's holding the thing, and Emran's just like... (sighs) Yeah. It's probably sunglasses. No. <laughs> Is it my very own poncho? <laughs> no. Oh, I'll just... She, like, puts it in your hands, and it's big, and it's kind of flat, and it's metal, and it's made of SGM. And it doesn't have... Emerita immediately starts crying. It's Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't have a fox face on it. Yeah, so... um. I talked to the Express, and the Express said that if I gave it a different panel of something that I got from the Centaurans, I could have one of its SGM panels. Um, so then I, like, I don't know how to make SGM like Hector did, but I was able to cut, you know, it's kind of a rough shield shape there. You can't see it, but I painted a, a little this is very nice okay Kevin just sort of stops filling the air <laughs> can i give you a hug of course she says and then she hugs emran which is a little awkward though because she's like really short <laughs> <laughs> it's very cute yeah i don't care what anyone says <laughs> so i mean mm, Kevin just sort of stands there for a second it's like (laughs) oh gosh this is hard to formulate what happens i'm gaping like a fish here like so i heard i um yeah i mean i heard what you said i just it takes me more time to process what people say Mm -hmm. um and she's just sort of looking down and she's like I love you too, but but not like as friends or like siblings or people that lived in the same quad and grew each other. I I'd like romantically. Yeah, romantically. Yeah, yeah, but like this is kind of embarrassing because I felt that way for a while, but I didn't want to say anything because I was afraid that it would kind of ruin things. Like if you didn't feel the same way or like. With Maeve and Deg and and everyone, like I didn't want to ruin everything. No, nothing's ruined by this. this. This is good. And Kelva just sort of starts smiling, like really silly, like really like. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and she just sort of like puts her hands out to like hold Emran's hands, and it's like like. 
you're really handsome and tall and nice. <laughs> oh, I love this. <laughs> and you're really strong and smart and pretty. I guess I just got afraid too because of like, I'm just mm, not as great as other people. That's not true. I mean, like, I'm not the spider queen or the high priestess of Velico or a really cool rebel person with floral wand power things. Or... All right, first of all, you are a really cool rebel person. Okay. And you may not be a... a potentially immortal spider queen or the, 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 the priestess of a computer god, but you're Keva Jarma, the cheesemaker, and that's who I love. And, and Keva's blushing at that point. Oh gosh, they are so awkward. It's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Emma don't do so much emotional thinking very often. <laughs> uh... <clears throat> hmm. So anyway, Keva just sort of like, I guess like her, she starts doing the Entrapta thing, which is using her hair to like get taller and then like puts her head on um, Emrin's shoulder and just kind of love that. Yeah. And just sort of like, we should probably talk about this more like the future, because I know that like it's kind of complicated because we're like trying to fight a war and beat up a bunch of really bad guys and hopefully kill emerson kv and a couple other sun people and stuff yeah that's definitely gonna happen don't worry yeah but i mean like i know you know that i want a family someday i i remember i need yeah i I remember yeah that that was because i didn't want to lose any of you I think the child or no, we're always going to have each other in our lives, but I don't think it's bad if the way that we're in each other's lives changes. And I know that change is scary and hard to adjust to. Yeah. But I am welcome to something that's (laughs) not this, whatever form it takes. Not what we're going through right now. Well, we are agreed that Jolly is like our goat child now. I think that. I am perfectly happy with Jolly being a surrogate child uh, until such a time as peace comes. That sounds like a good idea. And then Keva kisses him on the cheek. (laughs) Emran giggles. (laughs) (laughs) And and we can leave the scene at that, I think, because, uh, yeah, for now. Oh, no. We lost Craig. Craig. (laughs) We (laughs) lost Craig lasted just long enough. Thank you, Craig. <laughs> Craig couldn't handle Thank it. You, Craig. Oh my he God. pulled through, though. He he made it to the end. Craig, totally Craig embarrassed. Drowning Craig. in a nosebleed, anime style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. We scandalized him. <laughs> I, I I hope that wasn't uh, uncomfortable for anyone. No, that was great. Y'all are too cute. No, that's cute. It's really oh, you overloaded Craig with uwu. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if I can get him back. <laughs> Too much uwu in yeah. the chat. <laughs> I'm like, part of this is so much just All me, right. and, and then part of it is just Keva just being like gaping. Ah. Ah. Well, that was the cutest ever. No. All right.
I'm going to see if Craig come will come on, back. Craig. Yeah. It's, it's okay, Craig. The emotions are over for now. Yeah. So I Pokes can... Him out of the Craig cave. Can I talk about the shield for a second? It's gonna. It's supposed to be kind of yes. shaped like the Hylian shield, that that same shape. Um, but instead of the Triforce in the middle, it's uh got the broken sun. Noise. I love that. Huge fan. And um, the broken sun is sitting on top of some curled goat horns, on on either side, like a spiral. Like that's super freaking cool. So, uh, are there any other downtime actions anyone would like to do? Go ahead. Oh, yes. You, you oh, have to, to still roll your... <laughs> I have to exercise. You actually roll that. Uh, yeah, so you're with Keva there, who's assisting you with your indulging your vice, so you can add a bonus die. <laughs> oh, yeah, you are wilding out here. That's not... <laughs> How dare you misinterpret what Matt is saying? <laughs> I'm gonna take my bonus die for, for 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 romantic love. Just talking about feelings. It's emotional support. Feelings. Mm-hmm. Feelings is exercise too, Matt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. There was also hugs. I got three. <laughs> All right. So you you have cleared three stress there. So with that said, and looking at the amount of stress everyone still has, yeah. would anyone like to spend some? I would cred? like to spend a cred. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Keva's gonna spend a cred I'm... to relieve her stress, and it's gonna be like a bunch of face masks. There you go, perfect. Zora, you said you wanted to. Yeah, um, we're gonna we're gonna try and release some stress too. Okay. Yeah, give it a roll. <laughs> oh gosh, I pray it's better than last time. Hey, oh, thank God, that's a lot better. <laughs> you got a five there. Okay. I should do this as well. Perfect. Okay. Nice. Um. Yeah. So what's Emran doing the second time that Emran indulges his wife? Emran is... Now, this isn't a long-term project to fix the mask. It's more just like... Tinkering? Fixing the mask, recreate... Like, this isn't a permanent fix, but Emran is just trying to flex his own SGM manipulating powers by trying to weave the mask back together. I'm not, I'm not trying to double, double dip actions. I'm just saying that's what he's doing. Yeah, that's, that's fine. I mean, the mask isn't... It's not really a mechanical thing anyway. It's a flavor thing. Right. Do you like smush the two broken pieces together and go, now kiss? (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what Emran does. Emran turns them both into anatomically correct human Barbies. (laughs) And then they kiss. What's the two halves together? Do you see two faces or a vase? It's actually two bears high-fiving. Three is the number of the day. Three is the number of the day. All right, so clear three stress uh, and spend a cred. Anyone else have cred that they are spending? Yeah, I'm going to spend that cred to buy like five face masks. Like a bunch of mace. A bunch of mace clay. Mask. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, face masks. One is actually Dead Sea. Uh, mace mask. <laughs> yeah. Are you, so are you indulging your vice here? Yeah, and we're, and we're just calling it uh, Keva pampering herself. Well, I hope you roll the number of the day. Otherwise, you're going to overindulge. Yeah, I know. So no bonus. Oh, wait. No, should I take a bonus die? Um, no. No. Okay. Aha! I got a two. Very good. You got the number of the day. Yeah, if you add you them together. The word. Whenever we say the secret word, we scream real loud. <laughs> now, is there anything else that anyone wants to do before we move on to the next thing? Uh, can you remind me how much I have left on 
my clock to talk to the jellyfish? Uh, yeah, let me hop over to the clocks page. No, sorry. I have no problem with you talking to the jellyfish. I just have a problem with the clock page. It's a lot of clocks. On it. <laughs> Too many clocks. It's a bad page. It's a bad page. Yeah. I'm glad most of these don't matter anymore. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we got them all, Matt. Yeah. So you, you had three out of four. You got them all. You got uh, three out of four on that one. Uh, I'd like to top off that clock, if I may. Okay. Or attempt to do so. Certainly. Uh, do I just roll my attune? Or... Oh, uh, well, tell me how you're working on it. It's probably a tune, I assume. but Yeah, I think I'm just going to take advantage of, uh, you know, the, the Centurion homeworld waters while I'm vibing in the tank. Okay, so let's uh, work on your long-term project. Do a fortune roll using your attune. Do I, do I roll fortune or attune, or does it not matter? It doesn't matter. Risky standard, where I thrive. <laughs> okay, so that fills the clock. So while you're vibing in the ocean water, the Andromedan ocean water, you are able to resolve those mutterings into speech that you understand. So you have been able to make contact with the jellyfish junction and actually understand what it is saying. And it's just about what you would expect. It's just talking to the other ships in the formation and it is routing commands from one place to another, checking on things. It's just, it's constantly talking and uh, it's constantly talking to itself and the other ships and to the people controlling the ship. It's just like a constant ongoing, many fronted conversation. And you understand the language it's using. So you could use that language if you wished. I'm raising my hand. Can I drop some random fish trivia? Sure. That has to do with jellyfish. Okay. So a lot of people object to the fact that jellyfish are called jellyfish because they aren't fish. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that we don't have a clear defined term of what actually a fish is going by. Like, like you know what an, in, an arachnid is? Oh, it's an insect with eight legs. But there is no clearly defined term exactly like taxonomically or, you know, like by what constitutes a fish. Therefore, you can refer to a jellyfish as a fish. Or a starfish is a fish. Mm. Well, jellyfish junction is a specifically a giant space nautilus. I know, but, but uh, it, yeah, it has jellyfish that's, in the name. Oh, that's good information to know. I didn't know that. Thank you for sharing that. Yes, I learned that's that nice. from the fish book I read. I'm glad I know that. Mm. Uh, are any of the ships like a uh, like a spooky squid shaped ship? There are no squid ships here. The ships here are all like they would all be various types of shellfish. So it's primarily nautiloid style. Some maybe more like a prawn or a shrimp type thing. Are any of them those shrimp that punch? <laughs> probably some of the fighters are like that. Mantis shrimp? Yeah, the mantis shrimp. They're probably like mantis shrimp style fighter ships or something on one of these carriers. My problem with mantis shrimp is that they can see like a, something like 16 additional colors that we can't see. And I'm super jealous. That's how the mantis shrimp do. I want to see the jellyfish colors. Are I want like, to see them. Like a Corsair type thing. Something I could load my <laughs> form onto. Yeah, I mean there are definitely ships that you could that you could uh that you could ask to use 100 percent Oh yeah, butterflies can see one additional color. That's Butterfly. still angry. I I'm still extremely envious of that. I think I'll try to directly ask the jellyfish jellyfish junction for one of those uh fighter ships. I'm gonna bypass the metal man and ask the big boss. I think the jellyfish junction hearing your your opening communications, it turns its uh it turns some of its attention towards you. And it's kind of like talking to Hub, like when you know Hub is doing a million other things, but there's still some part of Hub has their full attention on you. It's like that. 
except you can still hear all the other things that the jellyfish junction is doing while it's speaking to you. Jellyfish junctions pronouns are it and its, and um, it turns its attention to you. And it's, you know, it's an alien attention, but it's something that you are used to now, like you're immersed in this environment and it, like you can feel it examining you and saying, ah, yes, you are one of the heroes. It comes a little bit closer in your mental awareness and says, of course we can arrange for transportation. Whatever you need, we will attempt to provide. Am I able to uh, give it the coordinates directly to where a hub would be? Or is that something I have to go through the navigators for? You can do that. The old spaceport, as far as we know, is still held by the sun's forces. Oh, okay. So, Getting into the hub is like you can do it, but it, there'd be a fight. I want Keva and Maeve to arrange a play date between these two uh, spaceships. <laughs> yeah, they're they're happy to look at how they might do that, how they might how they might be able to maybe infiltrate in there. So yeah, Jellyfish Junction will start working on that tubular. Anything else that anyone wants to do? Okay. Part of me is like, well, that's more of a long term goal, and I don't want to spend another cred. So that awareness that you felt, sort of that ping of uh, light in your in your power awareness, Maeve, it has been drawing closer and closer during this time. And by the time you are getting out of the sensory tank and everyone has had the med bay party. Um, oh, actually, I want to zoom in on the med bay party for just a second because weapon table is there. Yeah, Ooh. I was thinking about that. WT. I, I would love to know how things go when weapon table comes to because weapon table was as when last we saw he had passed out and after just firing the uh the assault rifles and eventually just still firing even when there were no bullets he just kind of passed out and is now in the in the med bay while you all are having your med bay party and i think shortly after you've all gotten your treatment um weapon table wakes up and you know the andromedan uh, nurse floats over and the Centauran uh, nurse is also there and they're checking on his vitals and making sure that he's alive and uh, he's just staring up at the ceiling but he turns his head to see the group of you and uh, he looks stricken devastated is this before or after the love confession scene that's up to you Mike what I said do you want this to be before or after the love confession scene? Yeah, I think I think this is after. Okay. <laughs> in in which case, Emrin is wearing Keva's poncho like a crop top. <laughs> <laughs> and Keva is wearing one very, very large on her orange hoodie, correct? It's like yep. Yeah. And Keva Keva has like a tub of like facial clay. And she's like so I have a lot of this left over. Do you do you want me to exfoliate your skin? I don't know how well it will work, but uh, are you will... talking to weapon table? Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he, his stricken expression switches briefly to one of confusion. He's like, "What? What? Like I don't know. Do you have combination skin or like dry skin? I have a couple other choices. I shot you." I'm okay. Yeah, we're all okay. She pats his head and says, sometimes people make mistakes, and sometimes it's not their fault. For a while, Zora was hunting us down, and she's our friend now. Zora looks really embarrassed. <laughs> it's okay, Zora. <laughs> she says, 
<laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but it's true. We do make mistakes. And I'm pretty sure that you were being mind-controlled. I was, but I still did it. I tried not to, but I, I couldn't. It's just, he reaches up to, you can see there's like a, a shunt uh, in the base of his skull where, you know, something could plug in there. And he touches it and says, I, anytime one of them is near me, they can, they can just take me over anytime they want. Well, I mean, we could try to fix that. I don't know. I, I don't want to hurt anyone again. Keva nods. He scooches into a seated position and uh, like arranges his uh, medical robe around him. He's hugging his knees to his chest and uh, just puts his head on his knees. He's very flexible. He's a super soldier. Mm-hmm. And uh, is looking towards the group of you and saying, I think, I think Whiskey Tango is dead. How do you know that? When he was alive, it was like he was streaming himself to us like a live connection and i can't hear it anymore it's either that or emerson did something to me did he say anything before i don't know what happened while i was out i woke up to silence for the first time does that mean the surface liberation won maybe i can't say i don't i never had a direct line to their computers or systems or anything it was just the voice the whispers directing us and that's gone. And I, for me, I, I had my new self to fall back on, thanks to you, but I don't know what my brothers will be like. I'm worried. Hmm. Oh gosh, I'm just getting another weird flashback to some media. The, the nurses are bustling around and they're saying, you know, you need to rest, you need to rest. If there's nothing anyone wants to say uh, in addition to that, then we can keep moving to our next scene. I'm just trying to figure out what Kevin would say. Like, well, I don't mind if we run into more of them trying to help them. Yeah. And if you want to go somewhere where they can't reach you, maybe the Centaurans could help? I, I don't know what I want, but if you can find a way to help them, I guess I do want that. Then you got it. You're right, Emran. We deserve the chance to be ourselves. You do. He nods. Thank you. There's an alert on your communicators, cool. these tabs that you've got. We have our own now? Yeah, of course. The heroes. Kevus has a goat sticker on it. <laughs> Love it. I don't know from where, but we got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure, I'm sure you can print a sticker on this yeah. hyper-advanced spaceship from a starfaring race. They probably have it nope. here somewhere. They don't have adhesives. No glue. Uh, <laughs> now we know. You just had to attach it with a barnacle. <laughs> Like a pop there socket? It <laughs> it's, a li- it's a living sticker, actually. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> oh, no, you can make glue out of fish scales. You can. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so the alert <laughs> on your tablet uh, lets you know that there has been a new ship that has docked with the Jellyfish Junction, and your presence is requested in the hangar bay. All right, let's go. Maeve, what do you think? Do you think orange looks good on me? Kiva says, gesturing at the gigantic hoodie. I think you work it well, really well. Hmm. It's really almost like a dress. <laughs> it's a hoodie dress. New fashion. Yeah. Amrin, I think the poncho looks really good on you, too. Well, I, I think the hoodie looks good on you. <laughs> Kiva giggles. <clears throat> <laughs> and we cut to the hangar bay. <laughs>
Uh, as we recall, a large open space where many ships are sitting. You, know, you can see the, uh, the the ones you've seen there before. The Express is there. And um, what's the other the other one that we've seen that's there? I can't remember. Elon, no. No, Eli. Eli. <laughs> Eli. Not Elon. <laughs> Not Eli, Eli Vox. Sorry. Yeah, what is Vox's ship My name? Boy. It had a cool name. The Impertinent Warpath. Yes. Yeah, hold on one second. Cat break. Hey, cat. Cano. It's like a jailbreak, except cats. <laughs> Uh, the impertinent warpath is is uh, has landed there as well. It's it's still there, along with the other ships from uh, the other representatives. And there is a new ship that is just touching down. And if the express is like a big metal chicken, this one is like if a big metal chicken were the size of an emu. It's Damn. oh my goodness, many many times larger than the express, but it is the same basic design. <gasps> Is that the Express's older sibling? Well, the the ship comes in and it's like chicken leg things uh, adjust its uh, its engines and it sets down. And uh, after a moment, there's the the hiss of hydraulics and the ramp at the back of it opens up. And from it, a variety of people begin to emerge. Did you have something there? Oh, I I just started like motioning like the way i imagined it opening for some reason i was imagining it opening like the delorean door like (laughs) (laughs) space delorean yeah so you recognize some of these figures who are coming off of the ship uh at the front of them you see uh esme uh, as oh no (laughs) (laughs) it's all instantly (laughs) what Uh, as esme arrives and uh, she is at the front of this group. She's got her usual, you know, hip-cocked, sassy stance as she stands at the top of the ramp, looking down at the group of you gathering, as well as the uh, various other representatives. She raises an eyebrow as she looks over and takes in your current wardrobe. And <laughs> Emran nods very slowly. A variety of expressions come over her face in rapid succession. And she ends in a smirk and says, well, it's about time for striding confidently down the ramp. What? Yeah, she strides confidently down the ramp. She reaches up and slaps Emerin on the bicep, which is, you know, where she can reach up to, and uh, looks over at Keva and Maeve and just nods and says, it's been a while. Yeah. Figured you could probably use some backup. Also, we found this big spaceship. I want to talk to it. It's very big. It's a big ship. You have no idea. It seems even bigger inside, but anyway. <laughs> uh, Kevin says, what's the name of the ship? So this is called the Intercontinental. Yes. I love that Very so good. Very oh, good. Yeah. Uh, and the ship makes uh, a noise as, it's continu- as it finishes settling down, because of course, uh, Esme got off before the ship was really fully landed. And just as, can, as it lands... And uh, behind, the rest of the people start coming off the ship. And you see a person dressed up in the robes of the Church of Gov. And a very, they're a very official-looking person. They're carrying a clipboard already, in addition to a big <gasps> satchel. It's not, it's not that one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, uh, Den needs her where she is. Oh, okay. Uh, this, is a, this is a different person. This is a man uh, in, the, in oh. the robes of the Church of Gov. He they looks like... Catch. Thing. You you would recognize him as like a high ranking. Um, what's the term? No, I meant um identification patch. Yeah, that is a he him. Yeah, you would recognize him as a, a high ranking notary. Oh wait a second, does that mean that Keva and Emran sw- like their pins and they switch them? On the- yes, <laughs> uh, you know that's <laughs> their it's, it's up to you what you do with your pins. 
Yeah, we'll just say that they did. Uh, so he comes down next, and next to him is a familiar figure again of Karis Johnson, whose voice whispers storms. <gasps> and Karis! They are making their way down the ramp. They are using a cane as well. They are still recovering from the serious injuries they took during the Battle of the Oasis. That was very bad. Yeah, yeah. they were in terrible shape, but they're doing okay now. What I was going to say was one of my other favorites, Splinter's Son, OTP half. As they are making their way down the ramp with their cane, it's just a plain wooden, like looks like it's a bamboo maybe cane. And as they are making their way down the ramp, you hear a gasp from behind you and Mandukai just charges past you, um, grabbing Karis like she's already up the ramp, grabbing them and lifting them up, spinning them around laughing and babbling, hugging them and touching their face gently. And Karis is touching her face as well. And she puts them down and they smile and uh, are leaning on each other, each one of them with their cane on opposite sides as they come down the, the ramp. Oh my gosh. I just had like this extremely strong, like, like in my gut, like feeling of where I'm like, CD's not here. CD's not here. CD's not here. CD's not here. I'm like, but CD would say at this point, if CD were here, and perhaps CD would say after hearing about these events later that like, oh, so uh, I guess there's more than one popular couple on the ship now. Wow. (laughs) No one is more popular than the protagonist couple. (laughs) Those are facts right there. Yeah, so as they get to the bottom of the ramp, Karis makes their way over to the group of you, and they say, "Uh, It's good to see you. I am mostly recovered from my injuries, but there has been a group of us sent up here to assist you in negotiations and with the battle, should it come to that. Their voice is different from how you may remember it, because they've undergone a series of procedures to operate on their throat and chest, which were badly damaged which is why they're also short of breath most of the time now, but they are recovering. Oh, they got the grievous treatment? Um, Hopefully not that bad. Not, not so much grievous. Yeah, not like that. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking more like coronavirus. Jeez. Oh, no. Not that either. Just, no. you know, damage to the tissues from the, uh, the Fusro Da they were doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, as an, as an aside, I know that a lot of us who had coronavirus did have some scarring on our lungs. I don't know about me. Well, I'm hoping not. Yeah, yeah, I hope not. Me as well. Wait, you had it? No, I'm saying I, that was a difficult triple negative. I'm saying oh. I also <laughs> hope that you do not have scarring on your lungs. Oh, okay. I probably had it when I was younger when I had pneumonia, but... Right, the scarring. Yeah. Uh, so Karis is... Uh, you see there are a couple of tears in their stoic eyes and... Of course, Mandukai is just, her face is a mess. She's sobbing with uh, relief and joy at seeing Karis. Yeah, so they, they wander off together, and clearly we'll you'll talk with them later if you need to. Yeah. Uh, the next figure to come down, none of you would recognize her, but as I recall, she was face cast as Sandra O. Oh. So she's got oh. kind of uh, frizzy hair. I'm going to say it's pulled back into a, a bit of a ponytail there. She's wearing a uh, a white outfit it's like a almost like a if you cross no it's not even that you know rufus shinra yeah it's like that it's like that it's um nice 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 like a a suit but the jacket is really long Ooh, and it's all white everything's white so bleeding style yeah yeah 
I could pull a picture of him up in my Ultimania right this second. So she looks super fashionable, super cool. Uh, and the strange thing is that she is walking down the uh, ramp and her eyes are like completely black. Oh. And beyond being completely black, it's like they are leaking smoke from her eyes at all times. Damn. Uh, it's not like leaking like a cigarette and making clouds above her. It's just as if there is a constant aura of smoke coming from her completely pitch black eyes. And she comes down to the group of you once Karis and Mandukai have moved on and she reaches out for a moment and there's a familiar presence as she says, ah, memory remembers you. Uh, Do you remember memory? Oh, what? Um, memory? I am specifically the memory of Sector 5, though we are all connected now. So you're not the memory that we met before? I am that too. With the wave reconnected, it allowed us to reestablish our network. Are you like, Kevin like looks at them closely like, is that like a robot body or like... This is the body of one who came to me seeking justice. Instead, she found a new purpose. Huh. Is she okay with that? She blinks and her eyes are human. And she says, oh, sorry, I'm Fei Hung Lee. Hi. We haven't met, but I know you. Hello. Hi. The callbacks. Yeah. Uh... This was your character, Trudy. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Memory has her now. Don't. Are, are you like, okay with having that? Inside? I don't know. Trudy, what do you think? Is Fei Hung Lee okay with this situation or is she just dealing with it? I think she'd be okay with it. There you go. She says, it's interesting. I'm learning a lot. I mean, we got someone with a piece of Velico in them, so... Hey, Velico. He says, look, um, I'm not going to lie. This isn't really my scene, so I'm just going to let memory handle this stuff, and I'll take back over when we get back to the habitat. And she blinks again, and the eyes are back to the smoky black. She's back to being Rufus Schirner, whose picture <laughs> I finally pulled up. The outfit remains the same. God, that was so long ago. I was like, wait, didn't I have a character with that PB? You sure did. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, no, no, I'm misremembering. <laughs> I, I thought it was probably one of those characters, but isn't the witch. Hi, Sokka. Can I help you? <laughs> I know. He's going to lurk outside growling at me. Yes. He knows that there's also a cat on this other screen mm. looking outside the window broodingly. Oh. So memory says, we bring the information and knowledge of our shared network, stretching back hundreds of years to assist in the negotiations. Yeah, I was always really confused about what the heck you are. We are the repository of memory. From people who died? Or? Some from people who died, others from other sources. We're a backup. Uh, like, Hub's backup? <sighs> Not quite. We are a part of the wave, and the wave is part of everything, in the habitat at least. There is a network that stretches throughout the structure of the habitat of fungus, and it connects everything and everyone, allowing perfect communication across space. It had been blocked by the sun's aggressions, and has since been restored. Whoa. So can you, like, hear things out here, or just, just on the station? Like, only when I am within the network. For now, I am cut off and have only what I carry with me. Huh. Keva just sort of nods and is just still really confused. 
You needn't concern yourselves over much. I am here to help. Good enough for me. She nods and uh, goes off to join the members who are milling around. And um, the next thing that comes down the ramp is a giant ass spider. Oh my goodness. This is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Ebon Dowager. Uh, she comes down. She's looking regal and uh, deadly, as she always does. This giant black spider. She has on her head a crown oh, no. that she is wearing. Uh, it's a crown made of uh, chitin. It looks like it might be made from parts of other bugs that uh, she or her vassals have cobbled together into this crown. And she makes her way down to the base uh, of the ramp, towering over everyone here. She's a giant-ass spider, as we recall. <laughs> her, her eyes turn to look at Maeve. I don't know if this is going to be like, there can only be one or something, but I kind of was hoping maybe Jeremy would be here to give us as. She turns her eyes to you for a moment, and you can feel her attention on you, but can't really make anything of it before her attention drifts back to Maeve. And Maeve, you can hear her speak in your mind. No one else can hear it, just Maeve. And she says, you awakened me, Queen of the Hive. I like your crown. This is the presence that you felt at the edge of your awareness while you were in the tank. She says, before you connected with my mind, I was a powerful creature, but a creature all the same. Now, I think as you do. And she lowers herself a bit to bring her face closer to yours. And she says, I accept no master, but I acknowledge your power. In this place, you are the better wielder of the swarm. I respect that. Uh, and I'm thankful to have you to watch over them. I was getting worried about how things were going in my absence. Things proceed well. And she nods her head to you. It's not quite a bow, but it's an acknowledgement of respect, almost as if between rulers. And in that moment, Maeve, you feel a connection form to the hive because they are here in the belly of this ship. What's that chittering? Your army has returned. <laughs> I want to do uh, another one of those um, Kerrigan style pulses. See if I can connect the swarm to the Jellyfix Junction, or at least just make them aware of each other. Hmm. Let's do an attune roll. We all explode. <laughs> you gotta say. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, I think you are able to form this bridge. You are able to act as this bridge between the Swarm and the Ebon Dowager and the Jellyfish Junction itself. And there's like a handshake protocol that goes through and the networks begin to integrate. Uh, so the Jellyfish Junction can now effectively coordinate through you with the swarm of giant insects that have come out into space here. And interestingly enough, you actually feel some of them are in space outside of the jellyfish junction. Part of your swarm is out there. They don't These need massive, oh. like their chitin is so dense and powerful that they are able to survive in the vacuum of space. So they crawl around on the outside of the jellyfish junction. I just see like, I just imagine, like, by one of the portholes. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Jeremy's in there somewhere. Jeremy the party ant is now 30 <laughs> stories high. Uh, Jeremy would go on the space crew. Wearing their wig. Their clown yeah. wig. I, uh, what you're describing, Matt, is, a, is like a cosmic horror. It's a giant nautiloid <laughs> ship covered in bugs that are massive as well. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah, that's... They That's are here. our friends. <laughs> <laughs> they are friends. This is where we are. 
Uh, and the final person to emerge from the ship, we're going to be done with this in just a moment. <laughs> the last person to emerge from the ship is just a robot body. Yep. It looks like a very basic robot body and uh, <laughs> like iRobot style. And they come down and as they come down, a hologram shimmers into place around them, making the familiar many rainbow threaded visage of Hub. Hey. Kevin says and and hugs the robot body. Um, Hub hugs you back. Oh my gosh, this is all. Wait, this is one of the things I wanted really badly. Well, I am happy to help. Somebody had to fly this ship. <laughs> yeah, is this all of you, or just a part of you, or? This is one small part of me. The majority of me remains on the habitat. There's so much work to be done there. I imagine so, and. Yeah, we found out that parts of you guys can be broken up and separated, and I met a bunch of your siblings. Sibling? My colleagues. Yeah. They smile, and they, they rest a hand on your shoulder for a moment, and then uh, they look up to Mandukai, who looks over, and you see Mandukai's new eye uh, glints, and Hub's eyes go through a variety of colors, and they nod at each other. And Hub says, I see. You've been very busy out here. I've missed you. It's been a roller coaster. They take in your various appearances and they reach out to uh, rest a hand on your... What's your mask looking like? Your visor looking like, Emron? I think before it was just like a straight visor and now, <laughs> however uncomfortable this might make other people, this is like the the top half of a wolf's face, which mm. just like, it, like an animal mask. No, that's bitchin'. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. That's very cool. Metal. Uh, they rest their hand on your on your visor, and they have a sort of sad smile on their multicolored face, and they say, I had hoped that, no. They nod. We become what we must, right? Yep. And they nod, and they, you know, touch the shoulders of those who like to be touched and uh, make their way off the ship. And the, uh, you know, the swarm is hanging around in the ship as well. So all these people came on a ride up here, and it's just these people, and the rest of the ship is just packed with giant bugs. <laughs> It'd be like that. Uh, so yeah, there. This is the arrival that you were called for, and your backup has arrived. As you say that, a giant bee flies out of the hold. Hey, <laughs> buzz, buzz. Got got to supply like, oh. their queen with some honey. No, that's Tony Sushi, the, the bee. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the bee is Tony Sushi. Okay. <laughs> oh no. Absolutely see, not. Poor listeners are going to have no idea. <laughs> They'll learn eventually. Uh, should I tell them? Oh, no, no, no. Okay, try Google. No, if they try Google, maybe they'd find it. No. And they're, they're going by Terry now, and they live in a big orb ship. <laughs> funny, funny how those things work out. Well, we do like orbs. Yeah, and and then um, we met part of Gashram. They were inside of one of the sun people named Slip. Wonderful. I hope they are able to escape and survive. I, I invited them back back home, but um, we'll, we'll see how they're doing later. Yes, we all still have very much to do before we can have any moments of peace like that. I understand that there is still a fleet out here aiming to attack us. Yep. Well, we'll have to do something about that, won't we? Yeah, there, there's less of it that that's trying to attack us, but, you know. You always have good news for me, Keva. I try. Uh, so I think up on the bridge, where we are now, we do a little cut over up to the bridge of the Jellyfish Junction. 
everyone is getting ready because it looks like the strike is going to begin. You know, the, the main fleet, much diminished, but still larger than the splinter fleet, is getting ready to attack. And the splinter fleet is preparing to defend. And you are preparing to defend the hub as well. Not hub, the Hablon as well, which has hub on it, or most of them anyway. And it's at this point that we need to decide how we're going to go about defeating or stopping in some way the Hygiene main fleet. My dog with her clickety clacks brought up a good point. Was there not room for one little itty bitty goat on that ship? I didn't want to send Jolly into space. (laughs) (laughs) Some animals are anaerobic. Others, Others, however, find themselves in desperate need of oxygen from time to time. But there were people on that ship. People can consent to go into space. But dogs go on car rides all the time. This is so a car no. ride is not a, like a space ride to a space fight. Jolly is as safe as she can be right now. Back on, uh, back on Havlon on the hub with this, Deg. Yeah, probably not any vegetation. Now that I think about it. Yeah, there you go. There we go. I, I didn't think it would be fair to send Jolly into space right now, into the middle of a battle. Yeah. Very okay. Bad. I'm Jolly sorry. Jolly will tell our story. My <laughs> my my childish wishes got ahead of my rational adult thinking. Well, it gives you even more reason to win this. I think like Hub has to explain. Like this is what happens. Like <laughs> Hub has to explain to Keva. Like Kev, no, Kev, Kev was like thinking for a second. She's like, oh right, okay, yeah. And when we're done, oh, Hub, you can't tell anyone this, but when we're done and when we beat everyone, I have celebration cheese for everyone that I've been aging on the express. Hub nods and says, I, of course, cannot eat cheese, but I'm sure that's very exciting <laughs> for everyone with my digestive system. Yeah. That's the last thing that Hub says before the elevator door is open. <laughs> yes, that sounds great. Okay. <laughs> Actually, like, can like Kevin like broadcast to Hub what it's like to eat cheese? You wow. absolutely can. That is uh, within the realm of your powers. Oh I'm glad you didn't say you gotta like shove cheese into the USB port. No. <laughs> do okay. Do, do artificial intelligences dream of cheese? That's not what the C in USB C stands for. Oh no. <laughs> okay. What do what do I have to roll to? <laughs> To, broad, to, to broadcast <laughs> what it's like to eat cheese to hub. I'm so afraid. I think that's something you should save for an epilogue. That's an epilogue. Because right now you're planning a war. Okay. <laughs> no, Matt, so, I'm shoving cheese in the robot. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, yeah, MP is, is up here on the bridge with you as well. And uh, he exchanges greetings with everyone that he knows there. And you know, all the people that I mentioned are on the bridge along with the Hygiene uh, fleet representatives. That you have met before the gang's all here in the bridge in the uh in the center around all these big um they have set up glass displays star wars style instead of hollow displays because they want emrin to be able to participate in the planning process appreciate it so emrin you can see all of these things that they are showing as they show it so they have a picture of well they have a, a map of the area you can see it's basically the map that we have here on roll 20 on the bottom of it there's towards the habitat um at let's see at uh, 12 o'clock you've got the uh, vanguard of the hygiene fleet and down here at uh let's see i guess four o'clock five o'clock 
five o'clock is the Hygian uh, dissenting fleet. And then you're in the same region around there, you know, around seven o'clock as well. You're in all this bottom area together. And I would say probably around three o'clock, we've got the Kingdom of Zeal sort of style asteroid hanging out there. There's asteroids that are floating around out here at like three o'clock and 10 o'clock. They really look like the floating land masses from Chrono Trigger. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they are. Uh, that joke will make more sense in season three. So uh, your mission. <laughs> you can't keep saying things about season three. I just don't, I don't follow it no longer. I have to interject <laughs> here and say that CD is partially modeled after one of the gurus of time. That's good to know. Yeah. Oh, oh I see that now. So everybody's uh, around this glass display and you can be on both sides of it. People are using this like chalk stuff. this like wax stuff, I guess, to draw on it and like make plans about here's how we can counter this. Here's how we can deal with that. And um, basically you and the express are suggested a specific task because your ship is the fastest one here. And the task that they have is for you to board the flagship. <laughs> okay. I am going to be, so, oh, the Express is going to be so happy to hear that they are the fastest. <laughs> I'm sure it will. So that's the task that they have suggested to you. And uh, I think as they are talking about this, uh, looming Evenfall turns towards you. Looming Evenfall, a sad, kindly cloud rises above the Nomad, as you may recall, is the catfish with mechanical arms and a crab tank uh, to carry Zer uh, around. Pronounced Zer. And uh, Looming Evenfall is the one who prides herself on never lying. So as he says, now this mission, very dangerous, and you all young and vulnerable, but we feel like this is probably where you will best be used. But this is just a suggestion. There are other things that you could do. If you can do this, though, if you can cut the head off the snake, as it were, we think that the rest of the fleet will crumble. Okay. Who would be on the lead ship? Well, we know that the Sun's representative is there, um, Emerson oh, so K. Vaughan. Oh, there. of course. Perfect. Kevin says. There's also, you know, military forces from the logistocracy there's a rumor that the logistoc herself might be on that ship but it's a rumor again nobody has ever seen the logistoc in person uh so we don't know but that's the rumor that she's on that ship um keva writes on her scrib look for lady wearing a crown <laughs> should we protect the logistoc or are we past banding with political forces uh, I think at this point is when uh, Vaxel Gray steps up. Uh, he adjusts his suit over his paunch and he says, uh, well, I th <laughs> it would be great if we could preserve the Logistarch's life. She is, uh, she has taken care of our people for centuries. Perhaps she has been bamboozled by this Emerson Vaughn, but she has always been ambitious. Surely she sees this move as the right one for all of our people, but uh, morally it is not. Emerson K. Vaughn is a bamboozler of the first degree, so I must concede that it's possible that even a centuries-old person could be taken in by him. Quick, quick question. How does yep. one live to be centuries old if you're not put in a robot? I wonder. Okay, so Keva... She, she's just okay. a lich. She's just so, a lich. <laughs> just so a fully magical... Like, Stylish uh, Fountain is also here, of course. 
And she cuts in and she says, please do not kill the Logistark. Okay. She is brilliant and selfless, but she, for hundreds of years, her sole mission has been to make sure that humanity survives in the asteroid belt. As Vaxel said, she thinks this is the way to do it. We disagree, but I, if you can, please do not kill her. Okay, so the plan then will be, we'll, we'll find her, wrap her up in spider silk, and then put her back on the ship. If possible. Maybe not that explicitly, but we will do everything we can to preserve her life. Thank you. And Vaxel nods. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Eli shrugs. Look, if, if she gives you trouble, just, you know, and he has like a mimes a gun. Pop. Emran just flatline lips, just nods. Okay, Eli. Vaxel and stylish fountain look at him with like disgust and disgust and horror. And Eli again shrugs at them. And he says, look, not everybody's got as rosy a view of her as you do. Yeah. Does she like have like, is this like a monarchy that I, I read about monarchies? Like, I think it's a logistocracy. Like... Yeah. She controls <laughs> the flow of information logistics. She controls who gets what and when and where. So she doesn't like, but like, uh, there's not like an error or like. It's just her. It's always just her. She doesn't die. That sounds like Sun Minister, Minister DeWinton. Yeah, that guy sounds like an asshole too. What can I say? I'm, I'm hoping that if we encounter the Lodges Stark that we'll find out that she's not been body snatching people for hundreds of years. I mean, we got yeah. lots of clones over in Hygieia, so that's yeah, a possibility too. Could just be that. But like, but what if it's like a title? Like they have a daughter and then she takes over and then... She takes over? That'd be quite the... Vaxel and Stylish Fountain are shaking their head. No, it's just, it's always her. All it's right. It's the same well, one. Interesting. This honestly sounds like uh, Materatsu in the Tomb Raider game. So that is the goal of your mission. Board and take the flagship of the Hygien Logistocracy. What do we know about possible approaches? Um, they're drawing stuff on the board, uh, again, to show you, like, different ways that you could get there. But all of them rely on just being as fast as you possibly can before everyone can blow you up. Right. And the rest, uh, the people in the logistocracy use like compressed air and like and gravity, basically and yeah. gravity. Right. Okay. And the express actually moves under its own power. Yes. And this is where the butt comes in. Right. You can only burn your engines for like a minute before oh, that right. will overload the shroud's ability to hide you from the emergency. So we either have to get the trajectory right the first time or save the engines for the final wing of it. That's pretty much it. Yeah. And having this information like reiterated, Keva like starts sweating. Like I'm the one who's going to have to do that. So we only have one shot. This is an extremely dangerous mission. Not just personally for you, but for everybody here. Yeah, Emron puts her hand on your shoulder. I know, but Keva's the pilot. You're a good pilot. <laughs> You're a good pilot. Yeah, Keva says, uh, it's like, maybe if I got, like, some aviator clothes? I think uh, Hub is standing near you, uh, Keva, as well, and they say, I have never seen someone meld with their machine as you have. If anyone can do this, Keva, it's you. Well, if Keva's on that ship, I'm going to be. Now, what we can do is we can launch you from a catapult. Right. We've got some set up out at the edge of our territory behind the asteroid. We can launch you from there. Then you can accelerate with your engines or you can use them at the end. Keva, that's your call. You'll know. We're going to escort you to the launch point. And Eli says, I'm going to escort you to the launch point. And uh, there is a crackle on the radio. And you also hear, 
from the crew of another ship. Who was the pilot of SWAT? Oh my gosh, <laughs> Xavier Quag. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Uh... What does Xavier say? I would be honored. There you go. Eli and Spot. Eli on the uh, impertinent warfare. Wait, no, impertinent warpath. And Xavier Quag piloting Spot along with the rest of the crew of that ship will be your escorts. Fully, fully broken free of Elon Vox's at what? Eli Vox. <laughs> Eli Vox. There's too many E names. Emerson, Eli. Yeah, I hear you. Emron. Emron. Truly, fully liberated from Mr. Emerson KV's control. Yep. Indeed. I'll shoot him again if I got him. It's going to die again. Oh, yeah. We'll get a better plasma cannon this time. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> that roll good lord uh, i don't want to think about the four ones matt <laughs> now there was a two in there oh i'm sorry it was five <laughs> it was five dice but none of them succeeded good times it were bad they were very bad all right so um load what load do you want to take with you heavy yeah yeah sure the, the the chunkiest yep. of loads. Okay. I mean, that makes sense to me. Uh, what type of plan should we make? Um, oh, I should probably pull up those types of plans, shouldn't I? Is it the first transport mission? So your options are assault, deception, infiltration, mystic, social, and transport. Assault is do violence to a target. The detail is the point of attack. Deception is lure, trick, or manipulate. The detail is the method of deception. Infiltration is trespass unseen. Detail is the point of infiltration. Mystic is engage, mystic way, or ur power. The detail is the arcane power you use. Social is negotiate, bargain, or persuade. The detail is the social connection. And transport is carry cargo or people through danger. The detail is the route and the means. This, we're definitely moving through danger, but is the goal of the mission to commandeer the flagship or destroy it? Or however we achieve its decapitation. That's up to us. They want you to get onto the ship and either take it out or take it over. Okay then I think we really need to plan our route um, and learn as much about the flagship as we can as far as points of entry and what we will be able to disable on our way to the bridge. Okay, so um, let's gather information. Sure. Who would like to gather some info? Uh, I'll gather some info. All right, what info do you want to gather? Um, good question. Uh, I wonder if I can use whatever sensors the rest of the the Centurion fleet uh, is using to maybe try to, uh, if not figure out a decent path to the, the their flagship, maybe just get a better idea of the positioning of the main fleet's ships. Okay, so what kind of action do you want to use there? Uh, I mean, both my study and the tune are the same. Uh, so I guess I'll use study. Okay, so do a fortune roll using your study rating. Nice, and very nice. Okay, yeah, so you're able to find a variety of ways to improve the pathing that uh, they have uh, suggested to you. And you can find that if you use the catapult that they have set up and you like you launch some things that don't have, say, electrical systems to be scanned, you could launch a bunch of those into the fleet and they could maybe cause some damage or some distraction. Maybe if there was something you could launch that had, I don't know, a way of being controlled that could help with uh, covering your approach. Can I can I make a suggestion? Sure. Giant cats. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm joking. Honestly, big like beetles with like crunchy horns. I mean, I'm almost thinking something that could move under its own power, like some of the flying ones. In in addition yeah. to just like Be being there, also try to direct them to take out some of their sensory arrays if possible. 
Beetle beetles can fly. Can they fly in space? <laughs> I was gonna say at least at least for the swarm, whatever beetles the swarm has have been like uh really geared to be like tanks and not mm. necessarily mobile. No, it's just my question is can any of them fly under their own power in vacuum? Good question. I mean, we could always use Star Wars rules. Like, let's throw some bugs into space. Oh wait, 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 wait. Okay, this is very silly. Okay, <laughs> this is too stupid. Okay, no, 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 no such thing. You say it you right now. You put a spider. Okay. You put a spider on top of the other bug, right? And then the spider can use its web as a grappling hook. <laughs> That's yes. true. We can yes. do that, Matt. <laughs> yes. That's not stupid. We, you've created this sci-fi reality. You sleep in it. <laughs> no, Listen, like, there's anything we have tons of, it's spiders. What I'm imagining <laughs> is that, say that this book is the ship. Now, I only have one hand. You can it's do it. It's really hard. So what I was doing there was saying, what if we throw the spiders the ships, and once the spider's on the ship, the spider is trailing all that web, so it's it stuck to the ship, and then all the other bugs can zip line on that spider web to the ship. Yeah, I mean, that's also possible. Um, right, so, I mean, that's, that's a possibility that you could do. Would anyone else like to gather information? <laughs> I don't know, just don't ask me to try to gesture again with a book and with one hand open so that then I have to put the book in my mouth. I won't ask you to do that. Can can Emran try to figure out what, if any, um, art, artillery, anti, so, so to speak, anti-air or fighter complement that the uh, flagship has? Like point defense or fighters? Yeah, does yeah, it have sure. point defense? Yeah, how would I go about doing that? Uh, probably looking at schematics, uh, looking through information that's available on the uh, Jellyfish Junctions networks. What about more illicit networks, like someone who specifically makes a career out of attacking the luchistocracy? You could absolutely do that. You do happen to know someone like that. Hey, Eli, have a conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime. Do you know anything about this flagship? Ooh, yeah. Oh, fortress in space. Uh, right. Looks like it. I would not try this. Well. But uh, let me see what I can wrestle up for you, buddy. I would appreciate it. Let me come with you. I think this will be consort. Sounds like consort. Well, I'll give it a shot with zero dice. Sure. We have three gambits, do we? We have three gambits. Can I use the gambit? Every Ooh, never mind. Keeping in mind, you cannot fail a gather information roll. Oh, I know. But I, it just I want changes to actually... the quality of information you get. I just want to be useful, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's your call if, if the team is okay with you doing that. Is that all right, everybody? Go for it. Now, Matt, would me working with Eli push this from zero to one die on its own? Uh, no, because it's a consort roll of how well... This role is basically determining how much information Eli has because it's a Got fortune it. roll based on your consorting. Then I think, mm, yep, I, I think I'll spend a gambit and hope that we get a six on a risky at some point. I'm sure we will. Sure, it'll be fine. Oh my goodness. Okay, you got a six. Nice. Okay. So yeah, you get uh, a ton of useful information like the full schematics of the defense systems aboard the uh, Logistocracy's flagship here. It does have a ton of point defense cannons, but you are able to identify like uh, a few spots in there that are not adequately covered that you could maybe slip into. And yes, it does have a complement of fighters. There's not a whole lot you can do about those except maybe try and flush them out before you get there. Mm -hmm. um, okay, that's I mean, that's my action. Okay, let's see. So Maeve or Zora? Oh, not me. Oh, sorry. For some reason, I thought you went already. But yes, you as well. No, I 
It was Maeve or it was, Velvet that went. Yeah, it was Maeve who went. My apologies. Sorry. So Keva or Zora. Um, is it possible to do a lot of like flight simulations for it? Simulations or you want to practice? Yeah. Yeah, we can we can do you practicing for sure. Probably Helm in that case. You're simulating and using the different routes that have been identified. Five. Okay. So your simulations. Okay, fine. You know, you get up to about a sixty percent success rate on your simulations, which is pretty good. Hey. Considering we're going up against the space titan. Kevin's like, well, this is good. Since this is the first time I've played a video game, I guess. <laughs> Does this Wing count Commander. as a... Yeah, Kevin like asks Hub, like, is this a video game? Uh, usually you play them for fun, but <laughs> Hub, thinks, Hub thinks back into their memory banks. Actually, never mind. Mostly you play them to brag and insult people. Yeah. Well, what's yeah. the point of that? Bragging rights are everything. Says the player who only <laughs> plays really ridiculous games that no one counts as video games. Yes. All right. I play nothing skill-based. Zora, is there anything that you are doing to prepare for this? See, I'm hard-pressed to figure something out. Uh, Zora's not much of a people person. Zora is um, a military strategist, though. Oh, that is true. All right, what can uh, what can Zora do with that? Uh, you know, you could plan breaching exercises or um, something along those lines. Yeah. Um, or what look, would at I, the, what would... look at the internal schematics of the ship and look at what the best routes to the bridge would be, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, that works. I just uh, what would I what would I be rolling here? Hmm. Um, hmm. I would say it, it could maybe be command or study. Let me see what I do better. <laughs> <laughs> One second while I pull up my sheet again. I can see study would be like looking at the schematics yourself in detail, whereas command would be ordering people around to like find good options for you. Let's go with command because I'm, I'm better in command than I am with study. <laughs> okay. Um, position's just risky. Yeah, it, it, does, it doesn't matter for the fortune roll. Okay. A six. Yay. All right. All so right. you're able to... Like looking at the composition of the hull and the uh, the internal schematics, find the best points to breach and the the best ways to get from breach point to bridge as swiftly and effectively as possible. So that'll help you out a lot once you're in there. You're doing all right, folks. That, that's why I'm a that's why I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm getting I'm the good rolls out now. <laughs> all right, it's going to be absolute mess from here on out. Mm. One's all the way to the end of the game. All right, uh, so that brings us to the engagement roll. <laughs> we get plus one because we're rebels. You do. Okay, this is the engagement roll. So we start with one for sheer luck, plus one for being rebels. Is this particularly bold or daring? Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> I would say that brings us to three. Uh, does the plan's detail expose a vulnerability of the target or hit them where they're weakest? Um, I think based on all the research you have done, you know the route there. So yes, in this case. With the plan that you have, you're going to overwhelm their sensors with bugs, literal, and then sneak in there with your engines off or on. We'll figure that part out. So it's four. Friends or contacts provide aid or insight. Uh, yes, you have plus one for that. So that's five. Enemies or rivals interfering in the operation. Um, not directly in this part of it. So no. Other elements you want to consider. Uh, this is a much higher tier target than you. 
the Logistark uh, herself and her fleet are tier five. You are tier one. Oh, oh. So, <laughs> <laughs> I will take a die off for that, which still leaves you with four dice for your engagement roll. Oh. Um, Keva, I think you should do the engagement roll because you are piloting the ship. We love you. We love you so much. No pressure. So what do I roll for that one? Just four dice. Oh, gosh. 